We are finally recording again. Yes. After, whoo, what has this been, like a couple days? Since we've done a daily study in one of these. Oh, it's been like a week. Or yeah. Half a week, a few days. I don't know. It's been a long week, but anyway, thank you for all your prayers. Uh, they've worked. Cause so far, we're so far feeling a lot better. Still recovering a little bit, but feeling a lot better. Anyway, we're in 1 Corinthians 10. We're going to do 10, 11, and 12. We are in the NLT, and this is the same study that we do. This is our family study. This is just kind of an extension. Uh, we intended to keep these ones shorter, but these are definitely not going to be. And I am not going to say <laughs> that mm. this is going to be short. That's why I laughed so hard with the Brandon. Was it Heather? No, it wasn't Heather. It was Melanie. That's Melanie, right. I knew okay. It was, an M. It was Melanie, <laughs> and I laughed so hard. I know. I, I, oh, my gosh. Brandon. I cried laughing at her comment. This is going to be a short one. Video, one hour, five minutes. <laughs> I was laughing so hard at that comment. Like, I almost want to make it a t-shirt. That was so perfect. So I'm not going to say that. That's good. Watch today. You'll fly by and be done in, like, 30 minutes. Yeah. All right, so take a minute to pray real quick. And then, of course, if there's anything at all that we can do for you, anything that we can lift up in prayer, um, that you need help in provisions or counsel or questions or whatever it might be, go to aphomechurch.com and reach out to us. We love hearing from you guys. I really hate how I get out of flow with these because I never remember at, like, which point I was going with. Yeah. Well, because you're not going at the point you're just reading. Well, I no, I know, but I mean, like, it, you know, not point, but what kind of flow, flow. how I was, where I was going with it. So, well, I'm just gonna wing it. This is gonna be. I think I've said that a few times. Everybody's been too. missing in this whole big break, anyways. So yeah, so nobody really not just notices nobody cares. it. Mm-mm. So I'm making a big deal out of it. They're like, what? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Come on, I Mariah can't... Carey. It'll be okay. Mariah Carey. All right. That's a good place to start. <laughs> Lessons from Israel's idolatry. Yep, here we go. Verse <laughs> 1. First Corinthians 10, verse 1. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the sea and on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. Obviously, this is Israel being led out of Egypt. This is Israel in the wilderness right now. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's he's making an example out of what happened to them. Funny topic to be discussing as we're coming up on Passover this Friday night. It is funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. hey? That is very. All right. Good timing, Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe this is what he was waiting for. He's he just... like, I know. Yeah. Yeah, my, our Bible study. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Hey, man, if that's what it is. That's where we uh, that's where we are here, though, so don't get confused. He's, Paul's making a point here. Verse 3, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm good. <laughs> what? Verse 3, calm down. Do you think people have, like, a little tally? Start tallying it up. See Maybe we'll get consistent. A spot. We'll see. Take a sip right. of your coffee every time yeah, he doesn't know where we are. People are going to be spun all day. All right. Verse... I can't drink that much coffee. <laughs> Verse 3. All of them ate the same spiritual food 
and all of them drank the same spiritual water. For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Yet God was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Interesting that he says that rock is Christ. Mm -hmm. So, if you, uh, if you don't think Christ is in the Old Testament, go reread your Old go Testament. Go reread your Old Testament. Because he's all the way back in Genesis. Mm -hmm. Very beginning. And he, he was actually before then, too. <laughs> way before then. Always before then. Recorded account of him from the very beginning. That's actually right. something that I'm working on right now with the homeschool plans mm -hmm. for the kids is going through and pointing out. like This is one thing Jesus? that the church does a terrible, terrible, terrible job of teaching. And this is mm -hmm. something that I didn't understand until later in life. That Christ is was the complete acting force throughout everything. The entire Old Testament, yeah. He is. Yeah. So... It was just in the Old Testament, they didn't have the realization of Christ. They didn't have that, that main piece of the puzzle. They didn't understand it. It was mm -hmm. foreign. Now that we do, we have that, that piece and we realize that Christ was didn't just show up in the New Testament. You know, it yeah. wasn't like he was just a new idea and he came up, you know, like... We have the baby in the mangers in the first place we see Christ. I mean, yeah, we uh, most of us know like Isaiah fifty three, you know, around this. Well, but uh, those are those are just like prophecies talking of the Messiah right. to come. But no, the the Messiah is there. Like he right. is already there. He he is there long before the baby in the manger. And I don't think that's something that we. But I mean, if you have a church that has to. taught you this, uh, props on them because I know it's not the normal from where I come from and where we are. Well, and, um, well, and, even and, it, and it's honestly that, that's... It's not that they're like purposely not teaching about it. It's just, it's not something that we like... Well, and I'm not sure really people understand and really know. Yeah. And I know being in kind of just on the, um, you know, the studying side of it, you mm -hmm. see that there is a lot of, there's a lot of pastors, teachers and everything that are confused about what they're teaching there. Yeah. They don't really understand it. And this bit of replacement theology has come in and completely taken over the church, and it just completely removes all that. Mm -hmm. But that's your—I mean—you're doing it in incredible disservice when you say that um, you realize that yes, you know, everything was done through the will of the Father, but you still see this other, this acting, you, this this person that's acting as this force mm -hmm. in the Old Testament that, that's leading that through. And you realize, like Paul says here, that rock was Christ. You know, that's just a really neat piece of the puzzle that we just don't put together too well. But when you go back and you read through your Old Testament, you get just a bunch of cool aha moments mm -hmm. when you're like, oh, that's Jesus. I mm -hmm. can completely see it. You know, you, you and you read it completely different. First, ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> you're literally on five. I am on. Oh wait, no, sorry, it's it's six, but I have it highlighted. So okay, kind of hard to see. I was gonna go with five, so I would have been a one. No, it's six. almost. Mine's right, just so highlighted, six. so it's kind of hard to see. Verse six: These things happened as a warning to us, so that we would not crave evil things as they did. Oh yeah, so going back to Rima, they were, yeah, God was not pleased, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. I think that the scripture in the Old Testament that shows the account of this time in the wilderness um, 
I, obviously it's dealing with the people, the Israelites, you know, and all of that. It has a great significance to all of that. But um, I didn't realize until reading through that whole account as an adult just how profound it really is. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. I highly it's, recommend, it's for real. I like, highly recommend if you have not read that here recently to just flip on back to Genesis. Well, yeah, that, that was the other thing is I don't think there's a bunch of stories that we just don't really know that aren't really just like mainstream stories, you know, like the, the amount of times that Moses had to defend from God absolutely destroying well, but we just recently, before doing this, we read through Genesis and Exodus with the kids. Yeah. Just kind of those beginning accounts, because I feel like so often we were like, yeah, 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 I know the story. Because those are all your Sunday school stories, right? right? Like, yeah, 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 I know the story. I know how it goes. It, it, you know, so we don't spend much time there because, well, we just know it. And so with the kids, when we sat down and we started in Genesis reading through and then throughout Exodus and this time of testing in the wilderness and all of that, and mm-hmm. it was so neat to watch the kids' faces just, oh, like when Jesus this, like yep. when that, like yeah. when that, you know, you just see all of these, you know, just light bulbs just firing exactly. all over the place. And um, I'm glad that we usually try to split it up, spend some time in the New Testament, some time in the Old Testament, read a gospel. Sometime in the New Testament, Old Testament, read a gospel, you know, just kind of flipping back and forth, but... I think you see so much exactly like you know what he's talking about here with all of the this time I mean with the the rock and the splitting of the rock and the water and the people you know I mean it all just is so vivid and this is what I constantly try to drill this next part you know I'm gonna read verse six again because this is what I'm talking about but um, this is something I'm constantly trying to drill into um, other Christians minds whenever I engage with them in any kind of you know back and forth whether it be a debate or anything like that I'm like Israel is the Old Testament Israel is a example of the church it and that's exactly what Paul is saying here mm-hmm. so the same thing not that it's replacing at all correct mm-hmm. it's just an example, example. of mm-hmm. and separate but making any, sure we're clear. Making sure we're completely clear. But, it, you know, they everything that Israel went through is exactly what the church is doing and what we need to be careful of. And that's the point that, that Paul is making here. He's telling them, he's like, you know, all these things that happened in, in the Old Testament, our ancestors and all these stories long ago, all of those were examples of to us of things that God that happens that this is how God deals with these things don't do this don't do this in all of that stuff that happened as an example you too could be just like them and you're doing the same exact things as they are but you think you're far removed from the Old Testament you think you're far removed from Israel you're not this is the Mm -hmm. this is some something that we need to understand so reading verse 6 again these things happened as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did or worship idols as some of them did as the scriptures say the people celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan rivalry and we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did causing 23,000 of them to die in one day that's another incredible Old Testament story that yeah pretty brutal Again, with it's the scripture some... you don't see on shirts. No, that's, yep, you don't hear that one in church either. 
on <laughs> on Sunday morning. That's not one that you hear. Verse 9. Oh, twice. Nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did and then died from snake bites. Verse 9, Paul makes it again abundantly clear. Put the Christ to the test. I think those are just those cool little things uh, that, you know, you go back and read that story in the Old Testament. Like, that's put Christ? Christ to uh -huh. All right. Verse 10. And don't grumble if some of them did, and then they were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. That's why these accounts exist. That's why we have this information. It's not because of old Jewish tradition. Mm -hmm. It's not, I mean, partly because of that, but the greater aspect, the, the, the whole point that all of these writings were kept around is to be for teaching and learning. And, and Paul even expands on that in, in Timothy when he tells so him. anyone feels that the Old Testament is not relevant to our lives as Christians now, that's completely inaccurate. Completely. It completely what you need and relevant and accurate. And you need be be careful. I know some people get confused and they don't understand. Well, like they're reading weird stories in the Old Testament and then they're like, okay, this applies to me. How? Sure. Okay. That I understand yes. that's definitely not the case. But the, but when you, you know, look at, um, for instance, you can, you can look at like the book of Job and you can look at what Job goes to and you can learn a lot about God and you can learn a lot about... You, you, a lot of information in that book that applies to you now. But this blanket feeling that that's just old Jewish stories that really has right. nothing to do you with can't, anything. can't do that. Anything. And everything that happened through Israel, you understand that the promised land for us, it's the same, the ultimate picture was all of this to be reconciled with God. Yeah. So that's, that's our promised land. So One we are all in the wilderness mm -hmm. We're all lost in the wilderness right now. I mean, we have hope and we have a savior and we have the realization of Christ, of course. Uh, but we still aren't with the Lord yet. No. So we are still in the wilderness going to the promised land. So it's the same application as it was, you know, in, in the Exodus. In, in leading Israel into the, the wilderness before they get to the promised land, it's the same thing. Verse 12. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. I think about this every single day. 13. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. The way that I have learned that this is truth is that you go to sleep and you wake up. Yeah, regardless. That's it. That's it. You wake up the next morning. That's that. You think that you're at the end, right? You don't know what you're going to do. You can't take anymore. You're going to explode. Your situation is the most ter But then you wake up another day. And then, yeah, you got to go through some. But then you make up another day again. And then eventually it fades and it gets better. Um or you start giving it all to God, you start trusting, you start letting it go. He's trying to work in you. Sure, absolutely. And every day he gives you another day to wake up <laughs> is him 
giving you that opportunity to let him work in you. But temptations aren't as, I mean, um, and remember, God does not tempt us. Mm-hmm. There's no, that that's not, he's just saying that. The temptations. The temptations, right. Because mm-hmm. this but, world tempts us. Right. It, the, that, the, Satan is the one that yeah. does that. And we have to go through trials. So when we are tempted, Correct. God will show us a way out so that we can endure. Correct. Every time. Doesn't mean we take it or we like it. Yeah, we don't like it. That's why I just said the, re- the only reason why, or the only way that I found that this is true is you wake up. And I endured. I did. Mm-hmm. He gave me strength enough to at least wake up and deal with it another day, even if I'm hating life. Yeah, still here. You know, uh, but usually, usually there's light at the end of the tunnel. And, and, and for me, the way that it's worked in my personal life, and I, I pray that it is in everybody's, that everybody can reach to this point where, you know, you'll go through just this horrible dark period but then there's always light on you know joy will come in the morning it's it's in psalms too um one will go to bed weeping and joy will come in the morning and i found that to be true throughout my or through you know more recently (laughs) through my more recent walk that um you know you'll go through a bunch of crap even for a long period of time and then it'll it'll turn around pretty quick and then it's good and then it goes down it's like a roller coaster that's, that's just the way it Yay. is well there's no there's no encouragement in the world no <laughs> I mean there's none the in that in the world then I would possibly so. reconsider the encouragement you're receiving alright alright so even though it doesn't seem like even though it seems like it's more than you can He's faithful, and he won't let it be. Sometimes we don't think we're as strong as we are. You know, sometimes we don't realize it, and we think that we're so weak, and we think that, but we're a lot stronger, and we we build strength by going through these things. Verse 14. That's like four times now. Somebody's got to give me a cookie or something. Because you're reading like one verse at a time. Shush. Don't talk about my tactics. <laughs> He's going to stop and talk for 20 minutes and go, 15. All right. So, my dear friends, flee from the worship of idols. You are reasonable people. Decide for yourselves if what I'm saying is true. When we bless the cup at the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? And though we are many, we all eat from one loaf of bread, showing that we are one body. Think about the people of Israel. Weren't they united by eating the sacrifices at the altar? What am I trying to say? Am I saying that the food offered to idols has some significance? Or that idols are real gods? No, not at all. I'm saying that these sacrifices are offered to demons, not to God. And I don't want you to participate with demons. You cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and from the cup of demons, too. You cannot eat at the Lord's table and the table of demons too. What? Do we dare to rouse the Lord's jealousy? Do you think we are stronger than he is? You say I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. 
So you may eat any meat that is sold in the marketplace without raising questions of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If someone who isn't a believer asks you home for dinner, accept the invitation if you want to. Eat whatever is offered to you without raising questions of conscience. But su suppose someone tells you this meat was offered to an idol. Don't eat it out of consideration for the conscience of the one who told you. It might not be a matter of conscience for you, but it is for the other person. Why should my freedom be limited by what someone else thinks? If I can thank God for the food and enjoy it, why should I be condemned for eating it? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. I too try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me, I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. And you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Just the end takeaway to this, that the point that Paul would be making for today would be, yeah, we have to live in this world right now. And there's, there's obviously worldly things that we have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And that, that's fine. I mean, it's not like we should abstain from going to you know a movie or, or you know anything like that it's just that you, you need to not number one not put Christ to the test and not not give in to the the immoral horrible things that are out there but you need to be able to weigh the things that you are doing and, and make sure that they glorify God and they're they're not because you can't you, you can't be lukewarm with with your faith you know you can't be involved in, in in doing something that's just straight up worldly would be considered demonic so you can't be living a correct life for Christ and be caught up in this these worldly things so just weigh the time and the things and, and the stuff that your involvement in the world and make sure that while you're in the world you're glorifying God and not not indulging in all of these things that the world has to offer um, and then he goes obviously it's it's for he's talking about food in the marketplace as I we talked in the Bible study before they this is all meat and stuff that would have been sacrificed to these Roman gods. For us, idols are everyday idols, big idols, small idols. They don't. They're not just a little statue that that is Career, on the self. shelf or something. It was because at the time idols were very very popular in the homes so in Paul's day in the first century um, in this Greco-Roman culture they made these little matter of fact Paul goes through yeah it's bad bad business but uh, they made these little idols and people would have them in their homes just like we you know just like we would like a little something on the the shelf or whatever but you know and they would worship them so that does apply to that but these people were these were idols of these were different gods of different things so one would be a god of 
you know, the god of fertility or the god of money or the god of you know different things like that and they would be worshiping that specific idol and that specific god and they would be offering everything up to that specific god and that's nothing different than what we do today we just don't have the little statue on our 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 mantle and we don't have the same understanding as it so but we can't we can't participate in both of these things we have freedom of course that's that's the point that he's making too we have a we have freedom in the world um but but we have to be careful and we can't clearly can't make the lord angry and don't want to well and this goes again i mean we've talked about it before but looking at traditions of men what are these things that we do that come from demonic you know pagan practices that have you know very worldly and even demonic um influences and traits and all these things to them that we just don't even bat our eyes at because that's just what we do you know i mean you're hot or you're cold yeah you know what are you doing you can't you can't can't be be one foot in one foot out don't have anything to do with that stuff Mm -mm. i mean it's that simple don't do it yeah i mean don't don't have some level of conscience like you're freaked out about every little thing but at the same time weigh everything yeah, this doesn't mean you have to like hide in your closet all the time and you're you can't even like walk outside because the world might get you like that's not it either where you know you you give it more power than it even has but well for you know what to... let me for an instance let me let me make a quick example before you wrap it up but we had we we've had the question before people ask us what we thought about horror movies. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me just make a quick example of that. That's something going to the movies. I had said that earlier. Sure. Okay, so. It's an easy one. Horror movie. Mm-hmm. Think about that. No. That's demonic. I mean, that's involving most likely murder. And this is so weird because I'm the biggest, was before my moment the biggest horror fan i mean like to hear me saying this is is very very funny but i'm so like this is something that i was very convicted by and like Mm -hmm. i don't you know whatever if you can if you can watch something that's a little mild and you can handle it you're not worried you know like me i could like glance at something you know some i think that was your point you were explaining that was to my the kids, point that I was explaining what are to them you though. doing what are you trying to get what out are you, of that? exactly Where are you what going with this what, why why do you want to watch this what why is this appealing to you um and, and really what what is the content of it and uh, horror films are, are never the content n- is never going to be the glorified n- never so what are you doing I mean, there's so much sexuality. Uh, there's just demonic stuff that you just don't need to be messing around with. So that just needs to be, yeah, you have freedom to go do it, but that's, you don't want to test the Lord like that. And, and, and you shouldn't want, like, that shouldn't be a want. That shouldn't be a desire for me. I don't have a desire to watch horror movies. Because once you realize the spiritual aspect of the reality of our belief, it, it's it's very, very real. And you don't need – I mean it's a very real war that's occurring and it's, 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 it's something that you, you 
you really just don't need to tap into because it's bigger than you are and it's something that can can wrap you up real quick and and hit you blindside so it's just not something that you want to mess around with nor should you and that's the point that sort of the point that Paul's making here chapter 11 and this chapter is one of those ugh, chapters because people just twist the crud out of it go reference the picture on Instagram where he's like yeah where I'm like face palming it wasn't this exact one. What we're getting ready to read, we have discussed in our podcasts with Lex and Travis. Um, I think they're the rapid fire church topics, church hot topics one, but we're, we're getting into that. You'll, if you guys are interested more on the topic, you can yeah. go pull those and, and see, but this is where we, this is where we have to, we really have to think and, and, and understand here because just like if just anybody like, else wrote a letter, right. Just, and just else, like Paul, the chapter before mm-hmm. was talking about meat sacrifice to idols in the marketplace. Okay. We don't walk around in the marketplace anymore and have like worry about like, oh, is that sacrifice to Venus? I can't eat that. We don't do that anymore. So that's why I went for the breakdown of what an idol and the difference between these same two. Same thing. This is the same thing here, okay? So, no, the meat sacrifice to idol thing doesn't apply to us today. The idea is still very applicable, and you can still take um, everything that he's saying out and just and, and put it to content as to where these gods, like I said, were, were individual gods for the things that we still worship today. Mm-hmm. That don't even realize it. So that's where you can take that out of there. But we don't worry about the meat. Just like this, part of the this, we don't need to really worry about this here. And this is just one of the most famously twisted. You have to, we'll read the whole thing, but we, you have to read the whole thing. Yeah. You Step can't one, just take the it. one, one part out of it. Cause this has been something that you got publicly actually. <sighs> When we first started, when we first started this, yeah. you you got a message. What was it? I actually got a few of them, but the one specifically that was just like blown away. And so, does your husband know that you can't, or that you? Does my husband know that I do these social media things and have this YouTube channel and I do all this without well, that my head, head, head covering? Right. Yes. So, yes, my husband is aware. I'm aware. I'll, well, we'll read. I am so glad that you always keep me in your thoughts and that you are following the teachings I passed on to you. But we don't have any credibility to those people because we're reading out of the new translation or the new living translation anyway. Oh, yeah, because I also was told. Because those that, are KJV only. Uh, yeah, because I was also told that I don't actually know Jesus. And when he speaks, I can't hear him because I don't read the King James Version of the Bible. Oh, specifically. Which I thought was like, interesting. Just huh? only. Yeah. Like, I had never heard that before. Yeah. And but. I got a woman and her husband both made sure I was aware that I don't know Jesus. So that's okay. Well then. Verse three. one, three. Why did I say one? Verse 3. But there is one thing I want you to know. The head of every man is Christ. The head of every woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. A man dishonors his head if he covers his head while praying or prophesying. 
But a woman dishonors her head if she prays or prophesies without a covering on her head. For this is the same as shaving her head. Yes, if she refuses to wear a head covering, she should cut off all her hair. But since it is shameful for a woman to have her hair cut or her head shaved, she should wear a covering. A man should not wear anything on his head when worshiping. For a man is made in God's image and reflects God's glory, and woman reflects man's glory. For the first man didn't come from woman, but the first woman came from man. And man was not made from woman, but woman was made from man. For this reason, and because the angels are watching, a woman should wear a covering on her head to show that she is under authority. But among the Lord's people, women are not independent of men, and men are not independent of women. For although the first woman came from man, every other man was born from a woman, and everything comes from God. Judge for yourselves. Is it right for a woman to pray to God in public without covering her head? Isn't it obvious that it's disgraceful for a man to have long hair? And isn't long hair a woman's pride and joy? For it has been given to her as a covering. But if anyone wants to argue about this, I simply say that we have no other custom than this and neither do God's other churches. Uh, on the end of 16 here, Travis did a really good job uh, breaking this down in our rapid fire. One, no, it wasn't rapid, rapid fire. Rapid fire, hot topics, church yeah. edition. Yeah, church. Okay, it was that one. Uh, when he when he broke. the second one. Okay, so the second one. He broke down the head covering scene really, really well. Um, Real quick, though, I mean, basically, this was completely cultural at the time. It was about a man looking like a man and a woman looking look like, like a woman. And it was shameful for one to look like the other, where they were dealing with the same, almost the same transgender issues that we are dealing with now. Mm -hmm. uh, was was basically what's going on here. And... Paul clearly states that the hair covering is it's or the head covering is hair, long hair. Uh, it clearly states that. It and you have to, as Peter says, twist Paul's words to make it some other idea or some other to say something else. Well, and that was that simplistic point here is we have Paul and the other apostles discussing how women are not to get caught up in their fancy hairstyles and their, you know, fancy... Well, if what he's saying here is that women are to keep their heads covered at all times, like, that's mm -hmm. just a one and done across the board to be applied to everyone, then why would they even be going into what your hairstyle is if you're keeping your head covered? Like, there's, there's so many ways that this doesn't mean this, like, authoritarian, it is biblical, all women must keep their heads covered, done. If you want to keep your head covered, keep your head covered. If your husband prefers you to keep your head covered, keep your head covered. Like, it's not that big of a deal, but this is not this, like, authoritative statement that you must be doing these things, and if you're not, then that's, like, really, really bad. And that's what, there's a big movement now that has gotten into that that's what you should be doing, and that is not the case. Excuse the kids running. Yeah, that's the, well, they, people have said that it adds a sense of realness to it, so we're just <laughs> testing to see if... Pretty soon we get that, okay, we get that makes it real, but I'm getting a headache. Okay. All right, so going into here, we're going to go into the um, 
the Lord's Supper, basically communion here. And actually, it's cool that we're doing this because this is a question that I have gotten emailed into us um, multiple times. People just asking out of curiosity because we tell everyone that we do Sabbath each week. How do you do it? So people want to know how you do it and things. Um, Have asked if we could record it, you know, and different stuff to see. So I'm kind of glad we're at this point. I'm really glad that you just kind of brought that up too because I found it interesting when i first started school and and reading it more where it's like so where is communion in all of this where is how did we get the practices that we have and you know like i noticed people are always kind of confused they're like do we eat now or do we wait or like you know they nobody really knows there's so much confusion about it um and, and how to do it to be honest with you, there is no biblical instruction at all how to do communion. Yeah, like there's no like other step than one, step two, step right? Three. Other right. Thank you for clarifying that because Paul goes over specific instructions of what to do and what not to do yeah. uh, during the that's, during the Lord's Supper, which yeah. is this the is communion as we would know. But no, there's no. Remember the the Jews were celebrating Passover. Passover. So the Last Supper. So was the Last Supper taking place during Passover Seder. Correct. That's Correct. And the eating of the bread and the drinking of the wine was very symbolic for Passover, which for is where we get the yeah. where we get communion from. from yeah. And so you would get... Which celebrating Passover and the traditional ways to do that with your Passover Seder meal, there's like very specific things that you do. So understanding that and seeing how the events of the Lord's Supper right. went about make perfect sense. And that's what, and, and, and this is where it, we do have the instruction because Jesus told us when you eat this bread and when you drink this wine, remember the new covenant. This is the new covenant given to you. But that's all he said. Like he but that's all he said, like, right. It wasn't any, it wasn't any, okay, so like you wait, so wait, we drink in the cup after dinner or before. No, that's written for specifically the way that they the Jews celebrate Passover is they at the end they have wine all throughout yeah, but, but at the like, end there's the four cups and right. the different bread there's you know just right which I I mean you can go in I think you probably go into it in the magazine yeah. or something but um anyway so yeah I, I know people get kind of confused and even I was just like so, okay so where are instructions where are the instructions for the the christian church i mean where would you put this together at because people get some wacky ideas and and there's really not i mean it's just except for this little chunk here Mm -hmm. and this is the early church which finds themselves in the same position that most of you all are in that don't understand how to do this or, or confused by it or Anything else? Because I want to separate everybody from was too because they were in society right. and get to scriptural right. roots. Right. What do we do now? In context of Paul's day, they were a pagan culture mm-hmm. celebrating many different gods. Then alcohol and food went together along with with worship of idols in these temples, hand in hand. Yeah. So drinking and having this meal and this stuff religiously to them wasn't a foreign idea sure but so that's that's even worse because then they could take 
their pagan knowledge and try to mix it in with with the Lord's Supper and what you know Paul was explaining and gave them and was explaining for them. So well, you look at like you know, let's say Hindus for instance, their religious celebrations. Oh, you want to talk about food and drink, right? And great time and all of that. Like, yeah, yeah, day. yeah. I mean, I mean it, Indians are the same way. Yeah, you're right. Hindu is the exact same way. I mean, you know, you just kind of look at other things like that, and you see. I mean, and many cultures are, I guess, you know, they really they they really go together. Thing, yeah. So, Paul here is addressing what's happening specifically there yeah because the only two things that we have as christians that scripture instructs us that we can and should do Mm -hmm. would be baptism and the lord's and the lord's yeah those are the only yeah those are the the only right and those are the only two things things. we have that on our our website yeah we do and i love that because yes those are the the only two god-ordained like Practices that practices we have, that, you do. that we have, and they are they are symbols. And, and I mean, Paul, I'll let yeah. I'll let Paul go ahead and explain it here. Take it away, Paul. In verse seventeen, but in the following instructions, I cannot praise you, for it sounds if more harm than good is done when you meet together. First, I hear that there are divisions among you when you meet as a church, and to some extent, I believe it. <laughs> But of course there must be divisions among you so that you who have God's approval will be recognized. When you meet together, you are not really interested in the Lord's Supper. For some of you hurry to eat your meal without sharing with others. As a result, some go hungry while others get drunk. What? Don't you have your own homes for eating and drinking? Or do you really want to disgrace God's church and shame the poor? What am I supposed to say? Do you want me to praise you? Well, I certainly will not praise you for this. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, You are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick and some have even died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet when we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. So, my dear brothers and sisters, when you gather for the Lord's Supper, wait for each other. If you are really hungry, eat at home so you won't bring judgment upon yourselves when you meet together. I'll give you instructions about the other matters after I arrive. So like for us, just I know, and I did a video on our YouTube channel forever ago kind of showing our Sabbath and how we do it all. But for us, just to share, every week we try to have a Sabbath dinner. We invite friends and family, whoever would like to come is welcome to come over. Sometimes it's just us. Sometimes we have a full table. Mm-hmm. Um, our kids like to have, we call it our Abraham meal. 
the story where Jesus and the angels eat with Abraham and he, <laughs> he has the steak, and, steak bread and, and bread. And they and have milk. yogurt. We don't have yogurt. But um, we do steak and veggies, and I make a traditional challah bread, um, mm, which is the mm. braided Sabbath um, Jewish bread um, that they make. We do that. And it is delicious. <laughs> it is our favorite. So I always set the table. We do... Um, we we kind of look at some of the traditional things that we do. We put our menorah up. We put the candles on the table. We set the table a little bit nicer, a little bit fancier. We get a kosher sparkling grape juice for the kids and a red wine for the adults. And we, um, Brandon always prays before the meal. We eat. We enjoy the meal. And then afterwards, Brandon will read this passage of scripture that we just read here. And um, again, to make sure that everybody understands the importance of doing this. Um, and then just like how Jesus did with the disciples at the Last Supper, there at the end, Brandon will pray, blessing the bread and the cup, thank you, thanking mm. Jesus for what he did and how important that is and how seriously that we take that and understanding and remembering that. We spend some time in silence there for everybody to you know, kind of just thank God and, and take all of that in. We will tear off a piece of the chala, pass the tray around so everybody can get some, eat the bread, drink the wine. And, yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, it's about his body being given. Yeah. And the blood covenant. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> uh, that, that's the point of it, and, and you understanding that, and you realizing that. But and it's simple. I mean, it's moment. not this like super orchestrated thing right. that's got to be, you know. Right. But anyways, just so you guys know, I mean, that's that's how we do it. Since I know many of you have asked us. Yeah, and I know tradition. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the way that we traditionally do it in the church at all. I mean, I don't think. Well, yeah, I mean, you'd have to find a way to put it together in order for it to work on that type of a scale, sure. right? So, I mean, there has to be a system. Sure, and I mean, most of the way that they do it's great. I mean, you, you know, you pass the tray. But don't and... get hung up on that. The point is, is you can do that at home with your family. It yeah, exactly. You have to no, go it does to not a be... church right. to get, receive communion. Right. Yeah, no, no, That is not biblical. No, no, It's no. eating bread and drinking wine in remembrance of Christ and what he did and what he said there on Passover leading into his sacrificial death. That's the point of it. So if you want to do this with your family, you need to make sure that you're explaining it, that your family understands the seriousness of this mm -hmm. and examining yourselves before you come to that. That's one thing my mom was always really good at and I didn't understand as a kid in church, but my mom was very nutty with us. Like when they would pass the tray, she would look down at us like, you better be serious before you drink this grape juice. And we were mm. like, why are you so weird? I love grape juice. You know what I mean? Like we didn't quite get it as kids yeah. growing up in the church, but she was always super like about that. Um, so we want to make sure that our children understand. I never knew. I know as a child, I never understood it. I was just stoked because he got grape juice and a little, little cracker. Dude, I love the crackers. I'd always get the biggest one out of the tray. And I'm kind of sad because uh, I see our kids don't know that that mm -hmm. would be foreign to them. Mm-hmm. They know exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. And that's the way that I, I would rather have it. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's just how I grew up. But going into 12, uh, this is another controversial one. This is another one of those ones that just makes me go, ugh. Because not, I don't mean to make anybody feel bad or, or, or whatever. It's just, uh, these are very controversial, very debatable. Mm-hmm. 
and they're just you can go round and round well, and round. Well, there's some things worth them. drawing the line in the sand about. Yeah. And there's other things. Maybe you have that opinion, and I take it, and I have this opinion. Like we're not changing anything by kind of leaning to different sides of the spectrum. No. But this chapter is important because I still do believe in the spiritual gifts to some extent. Not in the way that they were intended for the early church to be used. And we need to learn. It's, a, it's somewhat of a complex process how to separate the two. But the two do need to be separated. And that's what I believe, at least. And I know it's completely debated on, on and what. Some people and do some people are super. Spiritual gifts but, are exactly still the same today as they were then. I mean, that's. But. Have that. International, like things like International House of Prayer, this new Apostolic Reformation, or the Pentecostal type. Uh, which we discussed. Yeah, which we did. We did do a. Um, didn't we do a specific one on the gift? Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. So if you want to know more well, about yeah. that, go listen to that. Yeah. I should have just said that in the beginning. Okay. First one. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. Let me go back because it reminded me one is given the. Do you want me to read the last one? Is that the last? Well, I, just, I guess that, yeah. Okay, so verse eleven. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Okay, so going the the gift of to perform miracles in these things. This is where it gets super crazy because then you have guys out there like Todd White that are saying that to people that have like plates in their ankles that they literally have seen God take out a screw from somebody's ankle and it was no longer there. Well, he what was healed. the one video where he he told the guy that God was regrowing his leg? Remember? And he oh, yeah, there, he like, had lost the pulling... leg, yeah. No, 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 it was, was just it? shorter. It was shorter. It was shorter, that's right. It was shorter, shorter right. and that causes back issues. And so he's, like, pulling on dude's leg, and he's like, you feel it getting longer? And he's like, yeah, yeah, man, look. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you're pulling on his leg. Like, his leg did not just regrow an inch. Yeah, no. So. Not saying that God couldn't regrow a leg, because God does everything. 
but that's not what he's doing through you. Yeah, so... Yeah, this is not... You have to you have to be careful with that. Twelve. Yep. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts. And God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The, the head can never say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Right, I'll stop right here real quick. Are we all apostles? That separates the apostles from the regular yep. church too. So we are, yep, yep, we are not apostles. Uh, and, it, and he says, do we all have the power to do? No, we don't all have the power to do miracles. The apostles had the, the power apostles to do miracles. had the power to do miracles. And that's what he's saying. Verse 30, do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Which you'll have to come back for tomorrow. Yep, that'll be tomorrow. Tomorrow you is won't. a good set of chapters. So you won't chapters. know. Okay, spoiler alert, it's love, but no. <laughs> we'll get further into that tomorrow. Yep. Anything else you want to add to that? No, I think I set it up pretty good. I, I don't <clears throat> – I still believe in them. Spirit still does give gifts, like, like Paul says, um, but they're separated, and they need to be carefully weighed and, and studied before you go off thinking that 
you know, you your profit and, and have some message and that you can take screws out of people's ankles and stuff like that. So. All right, guys. All we'll right. see you tomorrow.